Hi everyone, welcome to Beer and Bants. My name's Chris and in this episode I am joined by Emma. Say hello Emma. Oh hello, hi Emma. <laughs> <laughs> so before we introduce Emma, what we'll do is we'll move on to the Trident Tester for this episode. So this uh, beer is called Citra, which is a session IPA and that's from Oakham Ales. So Oakham, I believe, is one of your local breweries, is that correct? Yeah, it, it is our local one. So I'm in Rutland, so Oakham, yeah, it's it's literally next door. Um, but I've never actually had any Oakham ales. I have to, I'm really ashamed to say. So be a <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, if you want to have a quick nose to what Aroma can pick up on a quick swig. Uh, so it's a single hopped beer. Um, I thought most people would have tried Citra from Oakham at some point. 4.6%. Um, generally not a complex beer, quite a standard one. You know what you're getting. It's always a, you know, a fairly solid beer. Um, yeah, what are you picking up? Yeah, it's really nice, um, citrusy. Uh, intra- and I don't know what all the terms are, <laughs> but it has that bitter-ish aftertaste. Yeah. <clears throat> that quite lingers, which I quite like, because I like quite a bit of bitter. Um, but yeah, so I don't know what the technical term for that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so citrus, it's quite a popular hop at the moment. It's pretty much in all kind of craft beer. Main, like main reason being because you have that, you do have a kind of sharp bitterness to it, but you also have those like slightly citrusy, fruity tones to it as well. When you mix them with different hops, it can make them like quite a, a light beer or a deceivingly strong beer. Um, but then on its own, I think there's a little bit of enough complexity where you can literally just, you can have that as a single hop beer. Or if you're looking for something a little bit more, you know, I want to analyze the beer, it's probably not top of ale for you yeah. so yeah it's it's pretty clean tasting i would say yeah. other than the aftertaste yeah it's it's more it's kind of like the venture from the traditional british sales into the, the more kind of craft market so when i take a swig of it the the main things i kind of pick up is you know you get that initial bite from the citra hop gets a bit smoother on the aftertaste you do get those kind of citrusy tones i wouldn't say they're prominent but like you know no. like the back of your nose you can yeah. you kind of pick those up um but yeah, it, as I say it's not complex. Quite light. One of those ones that actually mm-hmm. works quite well in winter and summer as well. I think there's a yeah, you know, it's an all rounder in my personal opinion. Yeah. Is there anything you think we missed out, or do you think we've got it covered? Uh, no, no, I think that definitely covers <laughs> what the beer is all about. Yeah, I think uh, it would go really well with a curry or something. Something that would <laughs> uh, curry beer spices. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a uh, a curry man, so I can't confirm oh, with that. I'm afraid. Well, no, always surprising people. Just, yeah, I'm being a fat man. Oh, you're not into the spicy stuff then? Nah. <laughs> ah, okay, fair enough. All right, well, yeah. So that's uh, Citrus Session IPA from Oka Males. So Emma, we've known each other for four, five years now. Yeah, we haven't actually seen each other for quite some time. Yeah, yeah, it's all pre-COVID, yeah. Um, so we, we actually used to work together, didn't we, a, a long time ago in the TV industry, yeah. Um, but yeah, tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, so, well, um, I have a day job, which is, by training, <laughs> I'm a botanist by training, so I'm a plant person. Okay. And um, my day job is, <clears throat> I'm like one of maybe two or three people in the country that do it. Okay. Well, Quite specialised. You know the little sachets that you get on bunches of flowers? Yes. Like from the supermarket or the florist. My company makes those. Okay, like the, the 
the uh, flow of food. Yeah, yeah, the flow of food. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm technical support, which you wouldn't think there's a reason for technical support for flower (laughs) food, but there is. So I'm technical support for flower food. Okay. My side gig is uh, I'm also a quilter. Yeah, because that's, so that's where uh, our paths crossed. That's where we came across because I uh, started off as a floor manager and then became a producer when you used to do all the yeah. shows, didn't we? So we used to uh, see each other quite regularly. Yeah, it's yeah. quite it's quite strange, really. <laughs> it is. You're actually probably the reason I'm still doing it, to be honest, because you were at my initiation, my very first. <laughs> yes, I remember. Kids, yeah. So to speak. yeah. And um, yeah. So you were so nice and John Scott was there and you guys took such good care of me that I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, so unfortunately from that aspect, obviously with the COVID hit and everything, I went into a bit more of a sensible everyday job rather than, you know, having fun yeah. on telly. But you're still doing it though, aren't you? Yeah, I'm still doing the, yeah, once a month, um, the selly telly, as we say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so doing sewing demos um, on on the telly. Up to telly. Up to telly. Yeah, up to telly, yeah. So, which is fun, but it's good because, yeah, I also have the sensible job during the day. Yeah, the boring and, stuff, uh, yeah. Get to do the fun stuff, you know, and like this as well, get to do the fun stuff. So, well, yeah, and this is just a hobby, really. You know, I started off yeah. uh, be- through the main reason why I did because uh, I knew I was going out to the TV section, so I still wanted to have that play. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you haven't really got to worry about uh, if it goes wrong or the livelihood aspect of it. So. Yeah. No, I have to admit, I did listen. I was actually coming back from one of my my telling gigs um, one day, and I have my Spotify linked to my car radio, and so I was listening to all my regular podcasts. And I think it was just not. It was just playing through all the latest episodes of all the ones that I'd subscribed to. And you came up. I'm like, oh, (laughs) yeah. So I got to listen to one of your episodes on the drive home, which was really nice. I can't can't make if that's a good thing or a bad thing for you. No, it was a good thing. It was a good thing. You kept me company. (laughs) Yeah, because it's a long journey as well when you're doing it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Early in the morning. So yeah, this was an afternoon, going back in the afternoon. So yeah, you kept me awake, basically. <laughs> I normally put people to sleep, um, but no, I think the uh, that's the one thing that people don't really realise when you do the uh, like because we used to work in the shopping television stuff. But I don't think people actually realise how early the starts were. So I was quite local, so the shifts tend to start like six o'clock in the morning. So for me, yeah. okay, the house by about half past five. But of course, because of the journey that you used to do, you'd be in the house for like yeah. what four o'clock in the morning, half four. Yeah. So yeah, I, at the moment because the the studios and much it's a slightly easier place than it where it used to be. Okay. <clears throat> so it's literally an hour and a half from here, so I leave at about half past four to get there for six, basically. Yeah. Still a long day. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. You don't want to do it too often. No, definitely so, not. Definitely not. Uh, so obviously you do all the uh, you like your sewing demonstrations and stuff on the television. Do you do anything like separate? Because I know. Um, People, some people do like retreats or uh, workshops and things like that. Um, so I don't do much teaching anymore, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, but I do do still doing my long arm quilting, which is how I got into the the Selly Telly to begin with. Yes. So I've got a big sewing machine on a big frame where people will send me their quilts. Actually, just finished one today for somebody. Uh, Send me their quilt tops 
I lay it all up together. I sew it all together. I do all the quilting uh, and then send it back to them. So, which I really like that part because a lot of people either can't do the quilting on their own physically or it's not a part of the job or part of the, the quilting process that they enjoy per se. And so I get to make their tops into a finished quilt and yeah. they'll then have to do is bind them, which yeah, so, is really fun. Well, anybody who yeah, doesn't actually it. understand what a long arm quilting thing oh, yeah. is, um, <laughs> essentially, obviously when you have a, a quilt, I mean, quilts can be anything from varying sizes. They can do from like a baby size all the way up to like, you know, king, queen size quilts. So yeah. obviously you, you can't, you know, it's a big piece of material. So what these, what these machines do is as a normal sewing machine that you'd see elsewhere, there's a little section normally about what between six to ten inches on average that you got the space yeah. that you got to work with. But these machines, they're kind of purpose built. The only thing you really use them for is to do the the quilting aspect quilting. of it. Yeah. So they've got the freedom to pretty much get in all the way into the middle of these um, quilts. You can do special patterns or you know whatever you want to do with them, and then yeah, so. You know, yeah, it's, it's just to get a, a nicer finished product. You can do it on the smaller ones. It's just a lot harder. <laughs> it is harder, yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. Oh, and just to take a step back, so for people who don't even know what a quilt is, so quilts <laughs> made up of three layers. <laughs> You've got the top, which is the, the pieced part, which is where the, the fancy design is or that you've sewn together, the patchwork part that we call. You've got a middle layer, which is wadding, and then a back layer, which is usually just a, a plain piece of fabric. Yeah, and so then, yeah, you start to specialize in the uh, the pretty pattern ones, really, don't you? That's yeah. what you you're really known for. So yeah, 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 yeah. And then the quilting is the sewing all those three layers together. Yeah, so, yeah. So, <laughs> it's trying to make it like because obviously we did this so much that we obviously you take it for granted that people actually know what they are. But obviously, some people yeah. who listen to this don't even know that uh, I did that type of aspect in oh, in past wow. life. So I just thought I'd try and explain because of like. What's a long arm quilt? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got very long arms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But what? <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of uh, how our paths crossed. But yeah, we kind of kept in touch over social media, just sending messages on the yeah. odd occasions, things like yeah. that as well. Because you're quite uh, into your bike and things like that, aren't you? So we'll we'll we'll, we'll yeah, bring that up in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. What? what yeah. We'll, what we will do is, um, if you want to finish off the tried and tested, um, what we'll do is we'll move on from that and then move on to the Peter Fork before we go in a bit more geeking out on the two wheels or so, I should say. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, that's Citra from uh, Oakham Males. Um, so it's your first one from Oakham. What's your verdict? Good. Actually, you know what? That last gulp that I had <laughs> really brought out, like, the yellow grapefruit taste yeah, citrusy fruit. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> when you think citrus, you think sort of lemony, but no, I'm getting like yellow grapefruit. Yeah, yeah, I, really I know like what you that. mean. To be fair, like I actually, although grapefruit as a fruit, I don't like it. Um, grapefruit in beer, I love. I think it just got a nice yeah. balance that works with the bitterness. So, yeah, I, I understand what you mean because as you drink a beer more and more, I think you tend to your taste buds kind of get accustomed to it, and actually, you pick up slightly more flavour. Mm-hmm. Which sometimes works in you play it like you know as a positive and sometimes not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is true. <laughs> but yeah, so that was Citra from um which is a session I pay from Oka Males. If you haven't tried it, I'll be very surprised. But yeah, you can pick it up in most supermarkets <laughs> or um off licenses. It's definitely worth a blast. It's not that expensive, so yeah, it's good for definitely good to start off with. 
Right, so what we're going to move uh, on. Sorry, carry on. I was going to say, I actually picked it up this morning from the uh, W supermarket and they've got it on sale. So they've got it on offer. Well, I had to scramble on the way back to get it, but that's a different story. I'll uh, talk about that later. Uh, (laughs) So moving on to the Peter Falk for this episode. So this is from Ad Astra Brewery and it's an American Pale Ale and it's 4.7%. Uh, so this one is one of the ones I ordered, especially because I knew you wanted to do uh, an episode with me. Um, Thank you. I can't remember where Adastra are from. Um, but what we'll do is, if you have a, a quick nose and a quick swig, I'll okay. quickly read through the blurb on the can. So it says, a hazy and juicy American pale ale full of fluffy oats, uh, definitely layers with loads of Simcoe and Amarillo hops for a beer bursting with tropical flavours of papaya, orange, and a touch of pine and a soft mouthfeel to round this out. So, uh, again, Simcoe, Amarillo, quite prominent ones you get in um, American pale ales. Uh, unlike the Citra one we had previously, which is quite a clean, crisp, light golden colour, this is a bit more of a golden colour, but it's very hazy. So it's you know it's got that much more of a craft feel to it. Um, yeah, is there anything you picked up on it at all? Um, I don't know what, whether it's coming off the citra, but um, <laughs> I didn't get much flavour from that at all. To be honest with you, really, it's a bit. <clears throat> I found it a bit bland. I think maybe this I, need will, to... I think it might come to you as you drink a little bit more. Okay. So on the nose, this one's a lot more fruity. Um, yes. in the balance of the hops, the hops is there, but the bite isn't as strong as what the citra was, yeah, because that was obviously overpowered with the citra hops. Sometimes, especially when you do this type of setup as well, when you go from varying beers, sometimes it can take a few swigs before you tend to pick up on the flavors. Or sometimes you go, Oh, this is really nice, and actually, you have a, you have a few more, you're like, Oh, actually, no, I don't like this. <laughs> oh, this is really nice, mm-hmm. so um. Yeah. This has got much more of a fruity flavour to it, so I did get that. I did pick up the papaya quite a lot. Little subtle hint of um, the orange. Um, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I mean, it's not unpleasant at all. Oh no, it's very smooth. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, so I've just taken another quick swig. Um, yeah, it's very, very more. I've got a much more delicate smoothness to it. Yeah, I think that hot balance is done quite well. I think you get a very subtle bite at the end. Um, but yeah, it, generally, I, I think that's actually very, very pleasant. I think it's, it I, I think it's definitely going to come to you. Yeah. I think this would be a really good entry-level <clears throat> beer. <laughs> and by yeah. that, I mean a beer for non-beer likers. Yes. There is a lot of the uh, craft beers that do... Like focus a lot around having a much more delicate balance of the hops and focusing a lot more on the fruity elements to it as well. And I think the one that, that is one of those ones probably needs a little bit more bite, um, yeah. just to crisp it up a little bit. But I mean, it's not unpleasant. I happily drink that all day. So very much one yeah. for, I think would be good for the summer. Um, yeah, with a barbecue, some meat on yeah. the go. Um, yeah, a couple of those. I'd be quite happy. I think. It's <laughs> quite nice. I mean, it is nice. It is very nice. <clears throat> and it definitely was fruity. Yeah, some, some of them are a lot fruity. We've got quite a fruity theme this time around, but just because they're a little weird. So I was like, why not? Yeah. <laughs> At least for me on that one, I'm getting more the fruit in the, in the aroma of it and the scent yeah. than yeah. the actual taste. 
Yeah, I think there's a bit more of a prominence of the fruit at the start of this one, rather than you know the subtle tones of the roof of your nose, like kind of thing. Yeah. So, but yeah, right. Yeah, so um, one of the other reasons we used to talk a lot when we used to work together, obviously, is love of two wheels. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think when when me and you started working together, I'd still got my well, I've still got the same bike anyway, but um, mm-hmm. it was kind of a bit more of a fun toy. Unfortunately, mine is kind of like you know been parked up for a few years and not moved now so yeah. probably needs scrapping or completely rebuilding Aww. but you the other aspect of it you you um when we were together you actually just started on your bike engine didn't you yeah i did i yeah so i would have started 2019 um yeah and it was something that i'd always wanted to do but um i tried once before in america yeah. and literally all they do is they put you on a bike for a, a weekend and they give you a, a small written test, some practice in the car yeah. park, not on the road. And then they give you a test, a little driving test at the end on a car park. And then if you pass that, you can literally ride whatever you want, whatever size you want on the road. <laughs> so I didn't pass that, um, which was probably a good thing <laughs> in, in hindsight. <laughs> um but it always niggled me that I hadn't actually managed to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was one of my things I really wanted to do. And so I hate to, well, it took me about four tries to get my CBT, which right, okay. should be a day thing. Yes. <laughs> but it was a it was a combination of nerves and different things like that. But I got there. I think they... I think with the CBT, people kind of dismiss it because they go, oh, you, technically you can't fail. Well, no, that, it means you just keep on coming back until you, you, know, you go through it. Yeah. However, anybody that's never been on a motorbike before, the biggest thing that you kind of get confused by is, A, how exposed you are, and mm-hmm. B, the actual weight of the vehicles when you're moving slowly, which, of course, the CBT is yeah. you, it's, it's the predominant movement when you're moving slow. So it's like, yeah. oh, this is actually a lot harder than it looks. <laughs> Yes, yes. It was definitely the slow manoeuvres and the turns that got me on both on both things, the CBT and the thing in America. Yeah. And to some degree, it's also a mental thing yeah. because you need to lean, you know, yeah, and you have to trust that there's enough thrust to actually get you without <laughs> coupling over. So, yeah. yeah. But Well, when I did uh, Michael, I did mine a couple of times. Um Basically, because I, I ran around on L plates because I you know, hadn't really got the money at the time, and then I, you know, I was working my way up towards uh, having a test. But again, yeah. life gets in the way, doesn't it? And money goes oh, uh, yeah. elsewhere on you know, boring things like houses. Um, yeah. But yeah, I noticed like when I first started doing it, you, you do have to you know, trust that the bike isn't just going to fall over on you. And you, you yeah, having to do the turn in the road is probably one of the hardest things um, yeah. to actually get used to on a motorcycle. Yeah. It's quite funny that you're saying about you can have any vehicle you want in America. And considering I know what your first bike was, like the, <laughs> the thought of you jumping on something like a Boss Hoss, uh, for yeah. anybody who doesn't know where a Boss Hoss is, is essentially it's a V8 engine with two wheels strapped to it and a pair of handlebars. Yeah. You know, a terrifying <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's quite funny. But on the other aspect, your actual first bike was a, a little monkey bike, wasn't it? A Honda monkey bike? It was a little monkey bike, but one of the new ones, so 125. So it's still a 125, but... Uh, yeah, he, they've actually kind of become a bit of a cult <clears throat> classic. Yeah, like their popularity has skyrocketed, and 
it's not just you know people just going out and having fun it's you know serious guys who are riding them like yeah. serious amount of miles <laughs> as well well yeah because so, um with the i think overall bike sales have decreased because bikes have always been seen as like kind of like a hobby you know yeah. I think there's a bit of a where there is a bit of a surge is actually like smaller engines, lighter vehicles because a they're easy to ride, b they're cheap to run, and since so you, you mm-hmm. can just stick them anywhere, it doesn't really matter, does it? You know, it's like you know, it's not like a Harley Davidson where you essentially have to take up a car park space. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they're small, you can just do whatever you want with them. Yeah, time to yeah. a lamppost and away you go. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there is a bit of a there's definitely a cult movement towards more of those. But I think a lot of the bigger bikes, so especially like your you know, your sport bikes, your enduro bikes, all those type of bikes, I think the I think that element of it seems to be struggling at the moment, especially in Europe. Um, people just haven't got that expendable income anymore, have they? Really, which is a shame. No, they don't. And I have to admit, some of the I've seen the new some of the new bikes they've been coming out with aren't people don't always get so excited about them. Yeah. So monkey bike is one of the ones that it fits that nice retro elements that people like i mean it looks like an old-fashioned bike but it's got some of the new gubbings on it but it's still pretty basic i mean it's a 125 um but there's a lot of bikes that uh i guess it, it depends on your aesthetic and which ones that you prefer but triumph definitely have the the retro market yeah. royal enfield have the retro market and everybody else seems to struggle to sort of get any in that category that sort of fit the bill I think um, I think Triumph have done quite well, really, because they have got that old school, you know, the Bonneville, you know, that kind of theme. Obviously, the Royal Enfield. I do like the, I love the sound of the old classic single cylinder air cooled five hundred cc engines. I think that they're, they're awesome. Just put all down the country lane, perfect. Yeah. Triumph though have actually they've done quite well to adapt because that's always been their key. We never really helped them grow, whereas now they've. Focus a lot on street bikes as well, in particular their uh, yeah, three-cylinder yeah. six seven five engines, because uh, they actually use those engines now in the Moto Two Plus, the Moto oh, okay. GP. So, and they have them for quite a few years, um, quite a few years mm-hmm. now. They replaced the uh, six hundred um, cc four-cylinder Honda engines because of the way they actually set them up. They're actually closer to the top bikes, so it's a nice shift, and the, the riders learn to you know handle that extra yeah. power quite well. So Triumph have actually done yeah. really well over the last kind of like 10 years in mm-hmm. growing their brand, whereas like the others, like you say, Royal Enfield, they kind of got that. Yeah. We know how much we're going to sell each year. It's not going to be a lot, but that's enough for us. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, um, I always used to love, um, I don't know if you know about it, but there's a place uh, just north of Kidderminster um, called... Uh, Hornsall. So this, this place is literally a small village. Um, okay. Unless you're basically into like your camera rails and all that, you've probably never heard of the place. Um, but essentially the, the village has got about like 12, 14 houses and one pub. Oh. But, but that pub is rammed every single day of the week. Oh. Um, beers are fantastic. There's always like, you know, your proper real ales and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The ciders or the you know the special booth, but they always mention on the camera you know places to visit, and yeah. they always do a like you know you can have a cob as well, so you can yeah you know, 
ham, beef, cheese, nice. and then it's just banging. You say, you go in, have cracking beers, a couple of cobs, and you'll sit there on a sunny day, and the, all the old classic bikes will just turn up and just park in the car park. So you just kind of have a nose around, like you know, the old BSAs, oh the Nortons, things like that. You're like, oh. yes. That's like superb for me. <laughs> yeah, oh, that does sound like a lot of fun. Yeah, that's nice. That's my that's, that's my idea part. of a summer. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, definitely. We um, I've got a couple of guys that I ride with. They used to have one of them did <clears> also <throat> have a monkey. That's how we actually met. I met. Oh, okay. Them. And the other guy had a one two five Benelli, but now they've they've well, one of them already had a bigger bike anyway. And yeah. The other one graduated and got a bigger bike, so they've gotten rid of the one two fives. But we still potter around. But yeah, yeah, that is the best part of going out to. We usually go to Super Sausage on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And yeah, Northampton. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah it's looking at the bikes. That's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've actually upgraded now to uh, much bigger bikes. So what do you ride at the moment? So now, so I've got, still got the monkey, um, but now I also have a Honda NC750S. Okay. Which, she's been a very good first big bike, and uh, I still I still have it. I've had it for a couple of years now. Um, but I have my eye for, in a couple of years when I have a big birthday. Okay. Um, a BMW R90. Okay. Yeah. So you're shopping from the Hondas, then? <laughs> well, I still, I still think I'll have a Honda, like a, a big Honda, yeah, uh, for riding in the winter because I, I will ride year round so long as it's dry and it's not too cold. Yeah, um, then I'll take her out in the winter as well. But yeah, the, the R90 will definitely be a summer fun only bike. <laughs> and, yeah. um, BMW is actually yeah. very good for all around um, as bikes because a lot of people don't actually realise that uh, they started off on bikes and then moved into cars. You know, bikes oh, have actually always been there. Yeah, there's always bikes have always been their predominant um, things that they do, and a lot of the technology, um, such as like ABS and things like that, actually come from BMW's developments on bikes. Um, oh. So they've actually got like the way in which uh, like ABS works on a bike is um, a lot different to a car, but actually it's a lot more stable as well. Yeah, there's some okay. really good um, like developments that come from uh, BMW bikes. Yeah, I've actually always been a fan of the BMW bikes. They're not necessarily the prettiest, but actually as a piece of engineering, you know, yeah. they're, they're actually very, very good pieces of equipment. So, yeah, you want pretty, you tend to buy something like a, like a Suzuki, don't you? You know, they're kind of, that kind <laughs> of classic lines and things like that. But, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, the technology hasn't doesn't really move on a lot, so... It depends on what aspect of the bike you want, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing I like about the R9T is even though you get to a certain speed because it is quite it's a, it is a very naked bike, you get to a certain speed and it kind of <clears> limits <throat> how fast you can yeah. actually go for a certain amount of time because there's too much wind. Yeah. So anything over about 75 is just uncomfortable. Yeah. But that bit between getting to zero to 75 is quite fun. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I know somebody who had um, uh, one of the BMW S1000RRs. Now, these things are just terrifying. It's like 250 brake horsepower on a, a street bike. Wow. Um, I think it lasted less than 48 hours before it was um, completely annihilated. Oh. So on a country road, lost control, the bike is no more. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, but the rider, how is the rider? <laughs> the rider was fine. Went and bought another one. Okay. That was also okay. no more. Um, oh, dear. 
didn't buy a third for some strange reason. Oh, I don't know okay. why. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of half break back. I think the the R nine T is only like one hundred and ten or so. Yeah, six maybe. Yeah, yeah. The, wow. The, the the scary machines. <laughs> but fun, yeah, exhilarating. Is, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, there is that. There is that. The other thing I like about the R nine T is that it's the shaft drive rather than a yes. train. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it has the boxer engine, which I don't mind. I mean, I guess it keeps your feet warm, right? <laughs> well, true. <laughs> well, it's all about the, it's whatever suits you. So I prefer the more naked styles. I'm not really into the third yeah. bikes, probably because you know I'm used to crashing. But <laughs> honestly, fair and <laughs> is like money to replace. Um, yeah. But again, again, it's all individual style, isn't it? But we probably, yeah, Ooh. geeked out a little bit. <laughs> too much yeah. probably confused a lot of people about our bike tour so what we'll do yeah. is uh the peter fogg was the american pale from ad astra very pleasant very fruity i think a lot more of the flavor came through the more we drank um i don't know if it's yeah. any different for you but yeah again just it's the balancing of the um you know your taste buds isn't it after moving from one beer to the other you can take a little bit of time really bit of time yeah but i still would classify that as what i'd call a baby beer yeah. Not as far as alcohol percentage, but as far as introductory. <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem with some of these. Um, what well, actually, like some of the actual um, craft beers, basically, um, there's a such a fine balance of how they've got the flavours. Yeah, you look at the alcohol percentage afterwards, you're like, oh, um, yeah. you know, I didn't realise it was that bad. So, yeah. yeah, and then you try and walk and go to the toilet or whatever, and your, your legs don't work anymore. <laughs> <Oops>. um, yeah. <laughs> Right, that's so, 4. 7, so that's, a, that's fairly decent, you know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, right, moving on to the Around the World for this episode. So this one is from Evil Genius. Uh, now, whereabouts are these? Uh, Philadelphia in the oh. USA. So I knew it was abroad somewhere. I've had them a couple of their beers before. I just can't remember off the top of my head. So this one is called Isle of Lamp, and it's a pineapple Eifervisen. So I believe this is a German beer with a Hawaii twist, is what they've said. So essentially a pineapple wheat beer. Uh, this refreshing German Eifervisen got on got taken on a tropical vacation with the addition of neutral, sorry, natural pineapple flavour. Does this go against German beer purity law? Yep. Is that the way we like it? Also, yeah. I do like that. Evil <laughs> um, Genius have had some of their weird ones before. Um, so... I think you've just had a swig of it. What's your take yeah. on it? So it's got a, a classic like wheaty look with a little bit of haze to it. It, it does. I, it's quite nice. I mean, you definitely get the pineapple. It is not in your face pineapple. It's not hitting you over the head with it, but it's just like, hmm, yeah. And it is. it tastes like natural pineapple. It's not artificial pineapple. Yeah. So it does actually taste like a fresh pineapple that you would eat rather than yeah. a flavouring, which that is nice. Sense. No, um, on the nose, yeah. you do get a massive smack of uh, pineapple. As you drink yeah. it, there's a little delicate, I'm not saying delicate, it, it is a, a prominent flavour. But for me, with I do get the predominant wheat beer flavour. Now, yeah. I'm not a massive wheat beer fan. Are you a fan okay. of the wheat beers? or I don't mind this at all. Okay. Uh, no, yeah, you, you're like looking uh, quite enthusiastic with this one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I have to admit, if I have to choose between this one and the last one, I like this one better. We, okay. we don't give it away, but we won't yet. <laughs> That's okay, the end. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we haven't tried the last one yet, so I don't know. True, you don't true. Know. We 
To be honest, with this, I do get the... Uh, I'm a smell of it. It reminds me of pineapple rock. You know, you used to get as a kid from the uh, sweet shop. It, that, that, that's what... That's the smell I'm getting. Um, it unfortunately, it doesn't taste, taste quite like pineapple rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't taste sweet. It smells sweet, but it doesn't taste it. No, I mean, as wheat beers go, I should say... Um, Generally, that's probably one of the nicer ones I've had. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those ones. It depends on all depends on what you want from the beer, really. So it's probably one I want to have again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to find anything else I can really think about. It. There's not a lot of complexity to it, really. Is there? You get that fruity initial, but you get the wheat beer at the end. But there's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I didn't actually see how much how strong it was. So <laughs> five point five, that one. Oh, so that's actually the strongest yeah. one we've had. It doesn't taste it at all, yeah, does it? So it's, it's going up. It's just going up. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah, so that's the uh, I love lamp from Evil Genius. Right. So with the um, on the podcast, I tend to talk a lot about like you know TV, films, things like that. You're not really into tv that much you're more for radio or no i I, oh oh my god i listen to so many podcasts that is the one thing i do yeah um but telly um i don't tend to watch a lot of live telly yes i record a few things here and there if if i like them or we'll do a netflix we've only got netflix so that's as much as we will do but we'll watch that's the only one i haven't got (laughs) (laughs) Um, me and Herbie will watch something over tea at night. Yes. You know, and sometimes we'll, if we've got a series, then we watch one a night. Um, the last series we watched was Alice in Borderland. Okay. Have you seen that? No, no, no. On Netflix. It was a bit of a mind trip. Okay. Um, definitely not one to watch with uh, younger people. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> Rules me out completely. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, and you know, mostly for yeah, for the violence, not for anything else. Right. Okay. Okay. Quite a violent series. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, that's one I always recommend because um, it is interesting and it didn't end terribly either. Right. Okay. <laughs> you know, how sometimes you go through the whole series and they're like, "Really?" Yeah, that, that's the way you want to end that one. <laughs> yeah, 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 I get that. Yeah. I get what you mean. <laughs> Which I think, no, like Netflix, are quite notorious for doing that as well, aren't they? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So, but other than that, yeah, no, I'm not a big. And and we talked about this earlier. The news. I haven't watched the news since Russia invaded Ukraine, basically. But I guess yeah. you haven't watched the news for longer than that, even. Yeah, yeah. So I, I gave up during COVID. Just, uh, yeah, I just found it so depressing. I was like, oh, just just focus on the uh, happy things. And if something massive, I'm sure I'll hear about it anyway. So, which. Has worked, so yeah. <laughs> I don't plan on going back to the news anytime soon. <laughs> no, you know, and I have to admit, it's been a revelation that as an adult, it's okay to say you're not going to watch the news. It's been very liberating to, to, you know, sort of take a step back and say I'm not actually going to participate in that anymore. Yeah, well, um, with the um. Like when it comes to um, like TV, we just tend to once we put the kids to bed. But if we haven't had tea, we'll have some tea then. And then um, what we uh, normally do from that is just find either something interesting if we're 
awake enough, or uh, mm-hmm. if we've been kept up by the little one too much, we just tend to put anything like relaxing, so we haven't got to worry about it really. So yeah. what um, what we've been doing at the moment is we've been uh, revisiting Long Way Up and Long Way Round, aren't enough for the box? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just I'm easy sure watching, um, but it's one of those ones. They're interesting, so yeah. it's actually not too bad. You don't have to like worry about these things. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've already I seen like it those. once before, so I know what happens. So you can just have a bit of a veg, but it's been that long, so you, you, you do forget things. Oh yeah, they did that. Yeah. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, you know, like the one uh, we watched last night was all about. They went through um, like Kazakhstan and things like that, and. Oh yeah, they're going down the coal mines and got gold mines yeah. and things like that, and like going to people's yeah. houses and they pull out an AK forty seven and things like that. You <laughs> yeah, know, as you do. Yeah, <laughs> and then a like, guitar yeah. and they're sitting there singing to you, so you're like, well, yeah, that's what. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. It's, it's funny because I went to the ABR festival. It would have been so. It's been a couple of years now. So probably 2020, like when you know when in 2020 when everything opened up because I think it would have been in June. It, it like caught just as everything was opening up um the abr festival i'm pretty sure it was 2020 it might have been 2021 okay there's like the adventure bike riding festival yes yes down at ragley hall and um so i went and i had actually a ticket for like the vip ticket well it, it's vip insofar as you can get in a day a yeah, yeah, earlier yeah. than most people yeah um and then the the guy who was talking was actually ah oh, now i can't think of his name <laughs> way around not not you uh, charlie, charlie charlie Borman, that's it was it was the speaker and i had no clue who he was <laughs> <laughs> i mean i had heard of the long way around but only in so far as i knew that you and mcgregor had done something yeah. like that but i didn't know who the person he'd done it with was and i didn't realize that's who he'd done it with so yeah so i've got a picture with charlie Borman, and he was handing out his Dakar books yeah, as well because yeah. he did the Dakar. Um, yeah, so I managed to get a copy of that from him, which That's was really cool. nice. Yeah, 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 that was very cool. And then I came home and then we watched Long Way Around, Long Way Down, uh, Long Way Up, yeah, Long Way Up. Yeah, no, I'll do and I also read the book, which was really interesting the whole Dakar book. Dakar, the Paris Dakar rally, that is crazy. Yeah, I think uh, crazy. It, was it on Dakar he hurt himself? Um, that was yeah, a few he, I think it was about day three and he like literally shattered his wrists or something or he hurt his wrists. Crazy, really. But yeah, and this was still when it was in Africa. Yeah, with the with Charlie uh, Charlie Borman as well. I mean, the one thing they did focus on quite a lot with the long way up was when he had his big accident and obviously the he had a punctured lung, uh broke all his um was it his right leg? And that's got all rods and pins in it now. So he you know he just hasn't got that same flexibility that he used to have in it before. Then it's yeah. quite interesting going from watching the long way up back to watching the long way round. Considering that Ewan was actually the novice and you know quite scared yeah. and cautious where mm-hmm. Charlie was actually, you know, wheeling really? and doing things like that. And obviously watching after watching a long way up and him having to be so careful about the damage he's done to himself, I do find yeah. it, uh, you know, a bit of an eye-opener, really, because mm-hmm. 
although bikes are fun, it does bring out like you know how dangerous they can be as well. So yeah, it does. And I mean, you talk to a lot of old bikes, especially at these meets that we talk about, you know, super sausage yeah. or whatever. And the amount of people that have damaged themselves in some way or other. Yeah. You know, because it it, it doesn't take much. You just got to fall off them, or or get knocked off them. And there's no protection except what you're wearing, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah. um, I, I always used to find there was one road in particular that I used to ride back from because I used to work. I'm from Dudley originally, and I used to work in um the like east of Birmingham, a place called Erdington. Uh, and it's quite a long journey, but however, there was not really any trouble, with the exception to one street, which is in the middle of West Brom, uh, and. and Going down that road was always the most terrifying road ever because on bikes, they just didn't care. They'd go for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you were just like, every time, no matter what time of day it was, like, you'd have your, your heart in your mouth. Going, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I do have to admit, since I've started riding, I, I see bikes. I mean, I'm, I see bikes not just because I want to know what, you know, like, oh, there's a bike, shiny. <laughs> what is it? What are they riding? Yeah. You know? But you do notice, you just seem to notice them, like, you, they immediately pop up on your radar. So when I'm in the car, it's like, oh, bike, bike. I think being a biker actually makes you a better driver because it just makes you far more aware about what the dangers are rather than being you know, in a safe little bubble inside the car. But we have gotten yeah. geeky again. So yeah, <laughs> we've gone back to bikes. <laughs> sorry, everybody. <laughs> uh, but you actually said you listen to quite a lot of podcasts. Is there any podcasts you yeah always on your Ooh. top three list? Um. <clears throat> So one that I definitely have listened to like forever, and I have to admit they've gotten they've been running so long that they now repeat quite a bit. Right. Uh, but it's called This American Life. Okay. And the older ones are very good. I mean, the, some of the new ones are very good as well. Yeah. But it, they're just a little glimpse into somebody's life, literally. You know. Yeah. I remember one episode in particular was like it was somebody who was who worked for the equivalent of the council yeah and they would have to go in and deal with people's houses who had passed away without any family nearby or something like that yeah so they were either on their own so they would have to go in and sort out who is this person who are they related to and sort of try and figure out all of that and it was you know how they would do it and particular cases that they had you know gone through and done that with I mean, and it was sort of stories like that, which were really fascinating. But yeah, yeah. so This American Life is one I definitely recommend. Yeah, I haven't heard that one. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and then there's, mm, there's so many. Uh, <laughs> oh, an English one that I really like. Um, it's on BBC. It's called Sideways. Okay. And I think it's the guy who, who does it is called Matthew Side. And he used to be a ping pong player. Um, but this, his podcast Sideways is all about looking at a particular topic from a different point of view. Yeah. And so one of the more recent ones that he's done has been looking at sort of child geniuses, people who do very well <clears throat> at yeah. maths or whatever from a very early the, age. The, men the mentor things. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, that sort of thing. But when they actually tracked those people, they found they were very good at sort of memorizing facts and figures and chess and things like that. But actually um, 
thinking of things, thinking things through, like solving problems, yeah, you know, in the real world or whatever, they were actually not very good at. And then they also found people who um, didn't do very well at the beginning of their life, but then they peak like in their fifties, and then yeah, they, yeah. they, yeah. So it was really talking about you know how different things happen to people at different parts of their life, which was really interesting. So yeah, because I, yeah. I haven't heard that at all. Um, yeah, that was a good one. Well, actually, the, with the um, the whole idea of that, I mean, that was essentially the premise for uh, the Big Bang Theory, really, wasn't it? I mean, I know it was focusing oh, yeah. on the, the, the comedy element and the geekiness, but ultimately it was actually mm-hmm. that the main thing was the key character having a super IQ would actually can remember all these really, you know, high-end equations and work really technical things, yeah, yet with a simple thing such as, you know, having a conversation with somebody, an alien concept. So actually, I, I, I find that quite yeah. clever, actually. I haven't thought of it yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because I always tend to stick to, like, when it comes to the podcast, I tend to stick to my, like, you know, the key ones. You had, like, uh, No Such Thing as a Fish, uh, oh, which yeah. is the uh, people from uh, QI. Um, yeah. Evil Genius is one I absolutely yes. love. I listened to that a few times as well. Yeah, I like him. And then you got... It's uh, okay, right? Uh, yeah, Russell Kane. And then you got yeah. the uh, Off Menu uh, podcast, which is the uh, Ed Gamble and James A. Caster one, where they get different oh, guests yeah. and they, they their premise is that, you know, they have a dream restaurant and they get these guests on, talk to them, and then it's all about their, you know, what would they have as a starter, what would they have as a main, what would they have as a dessert, what would they have as a drink, what would be your cheeky side, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But you kind oh, of learn. Some people on there are absolutely fantastic. Others you like, hmm. Okay, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's quite funny to listen because of Ed and um, James. They've got that kind of Banter. good chemistry because they're friends, you know. So yeah. um, I don't think James is too far from you, is he? Originally, um, oh, Kettering, where well, I believe. Oh, Kettering, yeah, no, Kettering's not far. It's literally yeah. got, uh, so I've got uh, probably about forty-five minutes, maybe. Okay. So. Yeah, Kettering. Corby's closer, but yeah, Kettering's a little bit further off. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite interesting. I always like to ask people about what podcast they actually listen to, though. So yours is very much like focused on like kind of real life scenarios, doesn't it? And like, you know, thinking outside the box. Generally, yeah. one tends to be comedy uh, yeah, with yeah. a little bit of facting like, thrown in for, you know, trying to itself a yeah. little bit intelligent. <laughs> I do like the comedy. I have to admit, I did go on a real uh, true crime podcast thing for a while. Um, I never got the whole true crime thing. It's kind of become a big thing where everybody's into it on there, but it it kind of missed me. Um, I don't know why. I just never really got into them. Well, I was listening to All Killer No Filler for quite a while and other real life. And I think it's probably around about the time COVID happened. And I was like, I just just can't listen to one more podcast about a man killing (laughs) a lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, uh, there was just so many. I was like, why, why? <laughs> so I, I had to stop listening to those because I couldn't bear the negativity of it anymore. I just no, couldn't, I couldn't take it. So I think there was kind of a big boost in the podcaster and uh, like COVID time because, of course, people yeah, obviously had the whole like, net, like watching Netflix and things like that, but people were just getting bored yeah. of watching the same thing over and over again. I mean, I know just a, a massive uplift during the COVID period where we had a lot more uh, listeners 
um, mm-hmm. not just in the UK, like, you know, abroad as well, like in the US and things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it, I think that kind of like piqued a lot of people's interest in podcasts. You could, you could listen to them when you're going for your daily walk, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I literally, every morning <laughs> when I take a shower or even before that, I'm like, okay, what podcast can I listen to? <laughs> now? It's like the background to my day, you yeah. know. If I don't have to think about something, if I have to concentrate on something like for work, then I have to put on some, go on Spotify and have some sort of like, I have a brain music, like, oh, right, okay. which is just like Zen electronic music, you know, so I can actually concentrate on what I need to do. But if I don't have to concentrate on it, then yeah, there's always a podcast on in the background, basically. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, um, yeah. I, I'm the opposite. So when I have to focus, I have to have, like, you know, no music, no nothing, just silent to let me focus on it. And then when it comes to the menial task, I'm like, yeah, either podcast or, you know, a bit of music and just, yeah, getting the keys, yep. <laughs> just getting yeah. through what, what I have to do. Not that I particularly want yeah. to, but, you know, you still have to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, you just reminded me. So one of the things I used to do for work, I don't have an office now anymore, so we don't do it so much, but... <clears throat> Part of my job was to do flower trials, which my daughter liked to describe as um, watching flowers die. <laughs> wow. <laughs> basically what it is. <laughs> One who dies last wins. Okay. Um, <laughs> no yeah, thought of it that way, yeah. <laughs> I, I used to have to take data for that, and that is mind-numbing, or even inputting the data, you know, from the sheets. That was also a podcast thing because I didn't actually have to think about it. I just had to do it basically and write yeah. things down. So, yeah. No, that makes like perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> right. What we'll do is we'll quickly finish off for the Around the World. So that was the I Love Lamp uh, Pineapple Hyperweizen from Evil Genius in the US. Uh Quite fruity, actually. As the beer gun went on, because I'm, as I said, I'm not a huge wheat fan generally, like wheat beer fan. Mm-hmm. Um, the balance between the fruit and the bitterness actually got nicer as it went along. So it was actually very pleasant in the end. Um, yeah, it is a pleasant drink. But yeah. right now, moving on to the wild card for the episode. So this one is from Ol, which is brewed in uh, Denmark. And this is called Solar Flare, which is a session IPA brewed with papaya, pink guava, and mango. So this is um wild card, mainly based on the can, because it's a very hazy, crazy, like, rainbow colour. Looks like a, yeah. a bag of refreshers. Uh, and, you know, anybody who's, like, you know, <laughs> over 30. <laughs> so this beer, um, quite hazy, got a bit of a deep golden colour um, surprisingly not that fruity on the aroma of it though I was expecting a bit more of a you know, yeah, aromatic more... element to it but it's just not really there uh, maybe it's on the flavour I mean I know you've had a swig What have you picking yeah. up anything in particular it, or? It, I'm not picking up so much fruit in it as I did on the pineapple okay I have to admit with the smell <clears throat> I'm getting something strange in the smell I'm not, mm. I have to put my finger on it and I can't quite pinpoint what it is. It's got an element. So I'm picking up quite a lot of fruit um, as I'm drinking it. I wouldn't necessarily say that the fruit flavours are well balanced. 
Um, I'm not too sure if it's that pink guava or something like that, but it's kind of got a, mm. there's an element to it of like a, a sour beer. Yeah. Because um, yes. sour beers are generally quite fruity. Uh, and it's kind of got that element of, it's more along those lines. I mean, I know it is an, technically a session IPA, so there is a bit of bitterness there, but it's not it's not a predominant factor to the, uh, the drink at all. I, I think it's all about the fruit, but I, just, I can't say I'm sold on the, on the balance of it, personally. No. Um, would you say anything different? or? No. I mean, the taste of it I don't find completely unfortunate. The smell, there's something about the, the aroma of it that doesn't quite sit right for, for me. Mm. Once you get past that, the taste of it is, is, like I said, not completely unfortunate, but there's something in the aroma that, I don't know. I think a lot of it depends on what type of fruit you like. So, I, I mean, I love mango in an IPA, um, but in a pale ale particularly. Mm. But, yeah, well, I do like it in an IPA as well. Um, I don't know, this kind of, I know it hasn't got lactose in it, but it's kind of got that kind of maybe a lactose sharpness, bitterness to it. Um, so when you have some beers mm. that are brewed with like, you know, like mango milkshake, the one that comes to mind from um, yeah. Holton Turner, that's got that kind of same strange aftertaste which some people really enjoy but for me it's just not one I'll, I would ever pick of theirs right. and they make some really nice beers um but yeah that's kind of got that same type of sour feel to it really it's a bit of a yeah. shame because actually that's got, but it's got the makings to be a fantastic beer it's not mm-hmm. even that strong it's, it's only 4.2 percent um so it is literally all about the balance of the flavor it's not the um not the balance of the fruit it's not the alcohol content at all that's yeah. skewing the flavour of it. Um, yeah, that's actually, I, I think that's a crying shame. Yeah. And have, listening to you talk just now, I think you that is what I'm getting is the, in the aroma is that overripe mango. Yeah. Scent. So I don't actually think it is the mango. I think it's probably the guava that's causing oh. it or the bouncing that and the papaya. But for whatever reason, it's just. It just doesn't work, which is a shame because actually, out of all the beers that I ordered, because I actually did quite a big beer order for like not just this, but obviously some future episodes as well. Um, mm-hmm. This was actually the first can I, I put in because, like, ooh, that looks really interesting. I'm really, you know, really fancying that. And actually, yeah. it's probably the biggest let them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I have to agree. Right, I mean, well, that's the... Yeah. Yeah, I can't really think of anything else to uh, add to that. So, We've come to the part of the episode where we put our worst beers all the way up to our top beers. And as you are the guest, you get yeah. to go first. So which one's which one is you in your bottom position? Bottom one. Number four. I think I think it has to be the solar flare. I'm not entirely surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh yeah, it just just didn't seem to have a a great balance over the beer, did it really? No. No. Okay. No. So, what's in your uh, third place? Um, can I have a tide? No, 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 no. We don't <laughs> sit on the fence on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, okay. Decisions are made. <laughs> Whether okay. they're right or wrong, okay. we make them. <laughs> I think I'm going to be controversial. I think I'm going to put the pineapple hefeweizen third. 
Oh, okay. I was surprised that because I thought you quite liked that one. I did quite like the pineapple. But as far as rating as a beer that I would definitely have again. um, Okay. Yeah, I'll get that. I think the... The The American American Pale Ale Ale for me. Is that in your second place? Slightly. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I... It's what I considered a baby beer, an intro beer. Um, <laughs> I think it pipped the the pineapple just slightly. No, I get that. I get that. Okay, yeah. so that means in your uh, top position is your local beer that you've <laughs> never <Yeah>. drank before. <laughs> I've never drank before, yeah. So, yeah. Go Okama Ales. Oh, okay. So, uh, at least you know where, where we'll find you on a weekend moving forward. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I my order is called the Brewery Tap in Oakham. That's where. Oh, okay, where yeah, that's where you uh, obviously need to find yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So my order, uh, last place, Solar Flare. So much potential. To be honest, the more I'm drinking it, the better is he's getting. But it's again, it's not one that I would. I'm going to rush out and buy ever again, if I'm honest. And it's a real shame because I've had some of the uh, OL beers before or wherever you pronounce it in Danish. Um you know, and some of their beers are fantastic, but for for me this one just didn't quite work. Con- controversially for towards you in third place is going to be Citra. Oh um yes it's a you know it's a cracking beer very enjoyable for me I, th- I suppose it's literally uh the type of beers I drink now. I'm just so used to having so many different complexities and things to try and analyze sometimes you want a, a simple drink just to to drink but mm-hmm. yeah you know, in this kind of setting i'm looking for the additional flavors yeah so in that element of it you know although it is a nice drink and i will i will buy it many times i, I think third place is probably the best place for it um in second i'm going to go for the i love lamp surprisingly uh, again, I'm not a wheat beer fan, but I think with the balance of the pineapple with that one, even if you on your first swig like I had, I was like, oh, I think a bit too wheaty. Mm. As it goes on, you, you do pick up those extra flavours, and actually the balance of it is really nice. It's really light, really flavoursome, mm-hmm. you know, and it just brings a different dimension to wheat beers. Well, it makes them drinkable for a start. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that means in uh, first place is going to be the American Pale Ale from. Adastra, so very pleasant, very fruity. Um, I think I picked up a little bit more of the flavours than yourself. Yeah. Um, but again, because Citra is one of those big hitting beers, um, I can understand how you know it's easy to kind of lose those sort of tones. I think if you go back to it now, I think you'll uh, pick up a little bit more because you've had okay. more subtle ones. But you know, that's the thing with these. A lot of it depends on what order you put them in as well, rather than uh, necessarily the beer you have. But yeah, the American Pile is definitely uh, a winner for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Emma, thank you very much for uh, joining me on the podcast. It's been oh, lovely to have you uh, a guest again, rather than just people Thanks listening to me. me waffle on about all my uh, usual crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's very bike heavy, so hopefully people will get through the, the bike nerdiness. <laughs> Bikes and quilting, they're not things that uh, you know, you'd expect uh, my podcast to be. <laughs> yeah, bikes, quilts and botany. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but yes, so thank you very much for uh, joining me. Uh, obviously, we will be. I have got some other guests lined up as well. Whether it's going to be the next one or the one after that, I'm not too sure yet. We're just trying to sort out the finer details. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much. Uh, sending all your beer recommendations as usual, and if there's anything you want me to mention, just bring it up. But yeah, thank you very much for your time, Emma, and we'll be speaking to you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>